Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Jackal Protocol official chain launch in Cosmos AMA, hosted by Cosmos Haas. Let's take a listen. Hey, Haas, how are you? What's going on? Uh, another week in, in crypto. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. It's crazy right now. I was just looking like everything is just absolutely tanking i know well, ftx is asking binance for help apparently now so it's uh, another week in crypto another week yeah fun fun time absolutely absolutely i guess we should wait a little bit to uh, get some more people in here i know will uh will grant down there is uh, what our marketing um lead so if you want to bring him up here that'd be great to i accepted it he requested but here i'll send him another one yeah yeah well, if you're listening, you have to uh, use your phone. I don't think it works on that job if that's an issue. Yeah, man, I'm excited today to talk about the post-mortem. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, <laughs> luckily nothing really that bad was found, which we're, we're lucky about. It's everything that we looked at from the CVSS framework was, was pretty informational. It's a low impact, but it's good that we were able to do this and kind of learn about best practices, move away from Ignite, um, and just kind of learn a little bit more about uh, from people that have been here a lot longer than us. It's just really important. Yeah, for sure. It's been it's been kind of fun just like looking into it. one of my side hobbies is learning COI and just kind of digging in a little bit more. And so it's, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm starting to understand like what what happened and what's what you know the upgrade and what needed to be done and things like that. So yeah, like you you were saying, from what I look, kind of looked into and kind of heard that. It wasn't anything like catastrophic or anything. It's good that you guys got it out now. And and it's it's just part of the game. I mean, you know, there's been all kind of different chain holds and um things like that. It's better to to get it together and, and what's great about Cosmos is that the community and the developers and the validators and people that help, you know, they, they see things and point things out and you know, it's kind of like a like a teamwork type deal. So it's all good. One hundred percent. Like it, it's kind of like um it's, we're from a more of a traditional finance world, right? So it, it, you kind of look at, at the validators almost like your board of directors, right? So they have a liability to ensure that everyone that's using their services are, are completely safe when doing so. And they do have a right to to look at the code and, and take their time when making a damage assessment or assessing whether or not it's safe to bring online. So we've actually changed our policies internally, actually, which has been a really big learning experience for us, first and foremost. And we're really excited to... Um, take a different approach when when putting our modules onto the blockchain. So I think what we're going to be doing moving forward from now is we're going to, instead of having everything ready to go at once, uh, we want to give everyone time to digest each individual module. So we're going to ship them to the test net first for people to play around, for validators to take their time in assessing what the code does and, and what it is. And from there, then uh, if you wait a little bit, 
I'd probably give them a week to do so. And then after that, we'll put a proposal on chain and then we will vote on the proposal. And then if people agree to put that module into the blockchain, then we will do so. So right now, when you look at the chain and what's live and what's not live, um, right now we have a pretty much vanilla blockchain and we onlined a special mint module which is built for our storage providers, but we're burning all the storage provider tokens right now. So it's just kind of in an active burn scenario. And then we online RNS, which has been ported over from Juno. So now that is built into the chain. And the other modules that are on the sidelines right now, obviously we have uh, Cosmosm and we also have another few modules as well, the bank module and stuff like that. But other things that we're waiting to bring online is we have the file tree module, and we have storage, which will be going to testnet soon, hopefully, probably within the month to give everyone enough time to digest. Uh, those will be online uh, towards the end of the month, pending governance. So we'll get those onto testnet as soon as possible, and then people can play around. Everyone can go digest it a little bit. And then once those come online, then we'll have storage providers and we'll have storage on Jocko. And then after that, in kind of um, chronological order of, of what we believe is, is most important to bring online. Number one and number two is file tree and storage. Number, number three would be our notification system module. So we're going to add the notification module in. So that will be after storage and file tree. And after notifications, then we'll probably online Jackal sign and start to build a front end for that. I know I just kind of um, went on a little bit of a tangent, but it's uh, <laughs> everything right now. Yeah, so just kind of reset the room. Like today's show is uh, necessarily it's mainly what happened why the chain got halted uh we already kind of briefly covered the storage provider update like the roadmap was kind of briefly just covered right there and then um i guess like an overview of like the liquidity pool on osmosis maybe any update on um that side of things maybe the, i know a lot of the community you know they there's just very enthusiastic about the secret airdrop portion of their airdrop it's just a non-stop topic that i've been getting asked a bunch and i you know see in the chat and in a telegram and then in the discord and maybe we can try to cover that a little bit and um yeah i mean that's kind of like today's show i mean not necessarily about why jack was amazing because it is but more so of like just the updates and why you know let's just start there so Essentially, what was the cause of the chain halt? Yeah, we can reset the room that way. So um, I'll give a little TLDR. So we launched the chain uh, last week. Uh, the chain stabilized, price discovery happened. And uh, then now uh, we're kind of like following the market, which is, which is really cool. So now we're kind of trading alongside uh, like the Atom token and everything on Osmosis, which is great. So all those things happened um, after we launched a chain within about 24 hours. One of the Cosmos core developers, Jacob, um, he believed the code was dangerous. So he kind of made a, a tweet and he tweeted out there saying, uh, warning everyone, like unplug your validators, X, Y, Z. So um, what we chose to do is if he, he's a lot more experienced than us, obviously, because he's been here for a long time. Um, what we chose to do is, is uh, work with them. So we said, okay, let's, uh, let's take the chain down so that you can do your damage assessment and go through everything. And um, what was happened there, so we took the chain down, he reviewed the code with his team from Notional, who are great guys, by the way. Um, and they realized there wasn't anything too, too dangerous. We needed to refactor a lot of code. We needed to upgrade the testing suite. Uh, we needed to move away from Ignite. Um, 
so all those things happened. And then he wrote his damage report, which can be found in GitHub. Um, I can see, Marston, if you could send that to Haas, I think that would be a good little um, link to send over so we can maybe tweet that out or, or have that as something supplementary to this. Um, so he, he did all that stuff. Um, from there, in his damage report, he wanted to make the determination whether or not um, if there was interplay between one of our storage provider and then the file tree and storage module, um, he made the determination that he doesn't think that there's any interplay between the two and uh, that we had to refactor some modules. Um, and then after that, uh, he wanted to realize, figure out if any funds or anything were at risk, which is totally fair. So he made the determination that the funds weren't at risk, except in an adversarial economic attack scenario, if someone can figure out how to halt the chain and then attack liquidity. Um, that's a vulnerability for, for almost all Cosmos blockchains. If there's a way to halt them, you can kind of attack the liquidity pools. Um, and then he wanted to uh, look at the history of us on Secret Network and see if, if anything was, was, was wrong there. But um, it was just kind of mixed community feedback of us leaving and stuff like that, which is understandable. So he made all that stuff. Um, we looked at all the vulnerabilities. We made some changes. Since we were actually down right now, we're lucky enough to have the opportunity to make a bunch of updates that we were planning on doing later, which is great too. So we can actually kind of update a few other things and uh, um, just kind of maintenance stuff that we realized after launch. So we can do all that stuff, but uh, that's kind of how everything happened. So yesterday around 11 AM, the chain came back online. So now we're, uh, we're back up and running again. Nice. I'm about to put this uh, in a tweet about number 74 playing with Jacob. So that's going to be good. And then, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've seen a lot of, you know, how people can be, they're impatient in this space and this doesn't necessarily have to do with the upgrade, but what is the reason again for the jackal portion of the airdrop? Not to open up any sore wounds or anything, but what's, what's the cause of that again? Why people haven't received it? Yeah. So back when we took the snapshot on the secret network, we, we actually realized that when we did the airdrop checker, that there was an issue with the, with the actual allocations from our snapshot. And we made the mistake where we didn't, if you state to multiple validators, the script would actually grab a random validator. So we had an incorrect data set for the secret network. Um, so w once we realized this, we had it to online a new node and uh, roll it back to the height, the block height that the snapshot was taken so we can actually get a proper data set. Um, unfortunately, right now we can't do so. Um, and I can kind of let Marcin kind of speak about why we can't do so right now. Um, I think this would be better for him to take that away. Yeah, so um, basically, as Patrick said, yeah, we, we took a bad snapshot. Um, then we tried to get some data back off of the nodes that were currently online. And in order to do so, we tried to roll them back to a specific block height. And uh, during that time, it completely shut those nodes down and um, they have not come back online since. Uh, with the new secret upgrade, we know that some things are working. We're not totally sure about our stuff, but we're currently in contact trying to get things working out. Um, we've got a few more scripts to run to test to make sure that everything work smoothly, but we should be having that snapshot redone, hopefully soon. 
Yeah, so regarding kind of just a comment to that, like it's out of our control, the ability for new nodes to be spun up on the secret network right now. And until that is fixed, we're, we're kind of caught just holding all these tokens. It's not that we don't want to distribute the tokens or that we're holding them maliciously. We, we actually want to give them to the community. We just don't have a way to get an accurate snapshot that is relative to the time that we created all the rules that we created within the actual airdrop. So for us to be able to honor that, we need to get that data. And until we can get a new node online, and this is a thing for, for pretty much all nodes that are onlining to the secret network right now, um, no one can get a, a new node online until that, that issue is fixed. So as soon as it is, we'll take a snapshot and then we'll distribute the airdrop. Yeah, so that's that's good to hear because <laughs> I just know how this space can be with, with airdrop delays. It's just, it's an, you know, I, I mean, I qualify for that portion of it too. I want it as well, but I'm, I'm going to remain patient, so. I understand things happen. And um, yeah, so as for, for that, I mean, that kind of sums that part up. Uh, what is your thoughts on like the, um, on the, on the actual liquidity pool on osmosis? Are you guys happy with it so far? Or? Yeah, no, we're really happy to have that much liquidity. We think that liquidity is really important for a healthy trading pair. And I, I think everyone's aware of that with, um, with, with the ability for uh, you to, to trade really without too much slippage. It's super important. And we have a ton of liquidity right now. I think we have a little bit over uh, $2 million worth of liquidity. I think that makes us the 11th most um, liquidity in a pool right now, which is great. And it's healthy for trading. Uh, what we're going to be doing next is we're going to be opening up new liquidity pools on other exchanges so we can have ARB security, which doesn't make the, the prices volatile, which is nice. Um, from that, uh, we're, we're just continuing to, uh, to provide liquidity in different spots. But right now on that liquidity pool, there's really, really high rewards. Um, it's not financial advice or anything. And, and part of that is about half of the, the liquidity is uh, the foundation providing liquidity. And with that, we actually chose not to bond that liquidity. So we're not getting any rewards um, for that. So if anyone wants to uh, enjoy that while you still can, uh, feel free to go do so. Yeah, that's nice too. And then people out there, so essentially what that means is, you know, they, they have, they're providing liquidity and really all it's kind of earning is swap fees. And it's not earning any sort of like APR. So like if they're providing their own token, they're not getting more of their own token, so to speak. And right now, technically, there's no Osmo incentive. It's all external. So, you know, they're just basically, um, I don't want to say lending, but they're kind of lending their their um, self-funded assets uh, in that pool. So it, it makes it so there is, you know, you can make a legit swap and you're not getting eaten up by by slippage, which is, which is crucial. I mean, that's one of the things that I speak about in depth in, in crypto, especially in Cosmos is, it's really imperative that you know people do provide liquidity, and I know that a lot of people they that's not their tea, so to speak. But it's important because if not, then everyone has to go into the centralized exchanges, and we're seeing right now what's going on with like FTX and uh, you know like if if your crypto isn't yours and your possession, like you're at the you're at the mercy of someone else, you know. And like I don't have any funds on centralized exchanges the only time i ever use a centralized exchange is essentially off and on and that's it i don't know i literally never have anything on them uh because of you know they could do anything i've heard so many horror stories and i've also experienced it as well where you know you might have a particular asset 
on, um, you know, whatever centralized exchange. They're basically all the same in my opinion, but you know, like something's going on, like right now I can guarantee you on one of these ex exchanges, if you try to do some sort of transaction where you're withdrawing or something, they're going to probably say, oh, there's, you know, there's wall wallet maintenance upgrades because it, it's all, it's basically an IOU system for the most part. And, um, you know, sometimes they actually don't have that liquidity there for you to like remove it. So they just like play this little game and say there's wallet maintenance upgrades or whatever else they like to use, whatever verbiage. But, you know, like when you're on a, a central or a DEX, like an AMA, like um, osmosis, like it doesn't matter. Those that uh, crypto is yours. So just keep that in mind when people out there. But um, yeah, I, I like that you guys are doing that. I don't know if any other team has really done that before. Maybe, maybe so, but um, it's yeah. kind of kind of a good good practice i think yeah well we, we want to get as, as people to have access to liquidity because right now like in in its practice um blockchains are, are highly centralized until they become more decentralized and decentralization takes time as well so um liquidity is coming from a number of different ways that we you can access the jackal token you can do that by providing liquidity and get rewards that way. You can do it by staking and get block rewards that way, or you can provide a storage provider when uh, storage gets online um, with, within the next uh, month and a bit. So that's kind of decentralization takes a little bit of time and we're really excited to get to that stage. And part of that is us being aware that that us bonding all of us trying to get the rewards um for ourselves or anything like that we, we need to save that for the community so that you guys can get access to tokens at um on, on top of that just as a caveat to us not bonding our rewards on osmosis we've also made it and the 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 core developers behind uh jackal the largest amount of, of token that is allocated there we've also not staked that either so the only staked tokens are either the jackal foundation pools which are actual community pools for different use cases which is outlined by the economics paper so right now um all the rewards is going to the community so if you want to enjoy that um feel free to enjoy so with the uh chain being up back up and uh, running everyone's getting their uh rewards for staking correct yeah, you will be getting staking rewards depending on what wallet you use to access that information. Um, Kepler is not going to tell you how much staking rewards are, and you can't stake from Kepler yet because we need to um, we, we need to pay them to to online um, that functionality. So the the functionalities that work right now for staking, you can either do it through PingPub, Node Stake. Uh, there's a few other spots. I know OmniFlex online a little bit of a GUI for staking. Um, or Leap Wallet. Those are the three ways that uh, are easiest to access staking. So you can take your Kepler to PingPub or uh, NodeStake or um, one of the GUIs made by the people at OmniFlex. Or other option is you can just use Leap Wallet right now for staking. This is the easiest way to get a hold of it. And then I'm, I'm assuming now that it's back up and running, Yieldmost is working still? Yeah, everything should be working. Um, yeah, you, you will be getting paid out your, your staking rewards. Uh, right now, the 14-day unbonding. So if you wish to unbond your rewards as well, you can you can do that now, and it'll take 14 days for that to occur. And for anyone listening, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm not paid or anything by Yieldmost, but it basically automates your compounding for you. So you don't have to sit there and, and receive it and then compound it, things like that. So, um, and, and basically, they it's, it's non-custodial. So you can use them and, you know, and they just do the transactions for you on your behalf. So it's 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 very useful because 
Um, you know, it's it's time consuming staking all these different assets in Cosmos and then compounding them and all that type of stuff. So I got to the point my my time and my journey that I basically have been just automating a lot of my different things. So it gives, allows me to be more efficient in this space and gives me more time that I don't have to sit there and keep clicking stuff. So I don't even know. You probably you probably can use Yieldmost as well for um the jackal and osmo pool if i if i recall correctly where you can just have that um recompound everything in and what's cool about it too is you can do certain percentages so if you wanted to do 100 percent compound it back all in you could or you can do whatever percent you want so then you know whatever some of that jackal rewards that you receive can kind of just be sitting there in your assets tab and um in osmosis which is pretty cool too so yeah, 100%. I, I know some of our validators, I don't know if it's Yieldmost or Restake, but it's, it's one of the two where you can have, I, Yieldmost does have it, I, I believe. Uh, and right now, um, actually, they have the APR sitting there as well. It's, it's about 63% APR and projected APY is about 88% for staking right now. So those are the two things. Yeah, and then the APR and the Osmo polls, it's still really, really juicy. I can tell you right now, it's, it's pretty, pretty intense though. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we don't really give financial advice, but um, everyone's entitled to make their own personal decisions when when, um, when using decentralized finance. Other yeah, than that, that's pretty much everything that's, that's been going on in our life. So right now, our, our biggest focus is for things that are around the corner for us. Uh, number one, we want to get that um, the file tree and storage modules up and running as soon as possible. So we're working on that. And Marcy, if you want to talk about what the plans are there, um, feel free to take it away. Yeah, so as far as like where we're going from here, we're basically just going through. Um, we've implemented some stricter code quality standards um, since the shutdown. And really what we're doing is just taking that storage module. We're ripping it to shreds, making sure that no stern stones left unturned, bringing it up to quality standards um, that we've implemented since the shutdown. and also building just loads of unit tests to make sure that there is absolutely nothing that could harm you as a user and make sure that everything works flawlessly before anybody else can figure out there's something wrong with it is our hope. But as always, bug bounty exists. If you want to come rip our stuff apart, um, we'll pay you to do so if you can find issues. And uh, from there, we're basically just taking all of that. We're going to move it on to testnet. We're going to do a walkthrough with any validators that want to be in a live um, kind of code along session to make sure that everything is up to par for the validators concerns. Um, we'll probably record that and post it if the validators are comfortable with that. And then after the storage module, again, we're going to do the same thing with the file tree module. Um, and while we're working on it, we're going to make some upgrades to the file tree module just to make sure that it's you know, in its downtime, it's still getting worked on to be better than it was before this shutdown. And then, as Patrick said earlier, we're going to bring each module onto the testnet individually so that anybody in the world will be able to spin up a testnet storage provider, see how things work before actually getting their feet, like getting themselves knees deep into the mainnet network where your actual tokens are at stake. And then... Um, also giving validators and other hackers the ability to just try and take it apart before you know it goes live on mainnet 
and then once it does go live on mainnet, uh, both file tree and storage will be going at the same time because our front end really only works with both of them together. And from there, you know, if anything is found in the mainnet from there, again, that bug bounty is available. And then we kind of just keep following this up for every module that we have left, which is the Jackal sign module as well as the notification module. Um, and so from there, that'll hopefully ensure a much safer experience for everyone. And if not safer, just that peace of mind that you get knowing that it's more auditable than it was before. 100%. And, and just as a caveat to that is, is we have an absolutely massive code base for, for this thing. And, and we don't really have data storage on, on Cosmos yet. So uh, for people to take their time in, in analyzing it and seeing a code base that hasn't been really seen before, we're, we're really happy to, to accommodate that as well. So um, anyone who wants to kind of take a look at the code, feel free to, to reach out to us. We're also open source. So anyone that wants to nerd out and really get knee deep into what Jackal is, uh, we can, you can also access the GitHub from our website or from our social links in our Discord. But uh, yeah, if... Host, if anyone wants to come up and, and ask any specific questions, there, there might be some out there. Well, I, there was a comment in the um, in the in the comments here. Um, I don't even know why I said it like that, but anyways, there's a comment in the comments uh, <laughs> that the uh, individual wanted to know if any chance of osmosis providing incentives in the pool. Um, think we seem to provide liquidity for anything so hopefully for a solid project like this so basically i can kind of tell you how that stuff works you know it has to be on chain and i personally from having a lot of experience with osmosis beforehand and how that, that operates i see no reason why eventually there won't be osmo incentives now i guess the question i would propose to either marson's or dunny is when do you feel comfortable potentially inquiring about that on commonwealth on uh, on osmosis yeah that's a really good question so we, we always planned that's in the part of the reason why we have an osmo pair is is to increase the likelihood that osmosis might be the the community of osmosis will be comfortable with us um having dual rewards where osmo would also provide a secondary reward outside of the external rewards and that's where we're targeting um, we're gonna. I'm gonna speak with the Osmosis team um, and, and see what what they need to see um, from from their standards because we're we're still on the permissionless side of Osmosis until they're comfortable bringing us on the permission side, like a lot of other projects as well. So um, as soon as as we get a little bit more confirmation where they they believe that that the, the protocol is safe and, and all those different things, then we'd probably go to Commonwealth and then. then um, put that proposal on chain. So we we would like that as as soon as possible. But um, it's it's at the end of the day, it's a governance proposal. So we're going to be doing that sooner than later and getting that on chain at Commonwealth. Yeah, man. I I also seen that um, it's kind of off topic, but Osmosis there was a, a governance proposal to put a minimum uh, fee in for gas. I think that's a good move. Just kind of random topic, but. I think, of you know, I, I understand every chain doing uh, zero gas initially to kind of onboard people. And, and if you're a cause and wasm enabled, I guess you can even perhaps use other uh, tokens for gas initially as well. So, um, you know, you, you need, I guess, in theory, is Jackal doing zero? Per I can't, I should know this. Are they doing zero percent right now? Fee? No, yeah. our, 
our, our fee right now is 0.3%, which is the swap fee on osmosis. And, and that's what we saw with um, pretty much a lot of the other external pools. They, they use the 0.3% swap fee. So we're, we're kind of up to par with everyone else. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I meant like on the actual jack on the canine chain. Like if you're like, oh. if you're, yeah, compounding, is there zero or no? Uh, Marston, do you know the answer to that? Because we, we know that there is gas on our system because we need to avoid DDoS. Um, yeah, it's, it's really low. So currently, the minimum gas that validators are accepting if they followed the, um, what's it called? The network configuration that we set up is about point. Zero zero two microjackal per gas, I think it was. So it's it's like fractions of cents per transaction. So it, it's pretty low. Yeah, I mean, you, I I like that too because especially whenever you guys have an AMA, uh, AMM, I should say, it's just osmosis one of the issues they have is just just all kind of transactions that are just like garbage from bots and stuff and if you're gonna have a bot at least make them pay for it so <laughs> yeah well actually someone else asked a question about the the amm and, and why would jackal have an amm is a really good question as, as well um so jackal is building an amm we have an amm module that's going to be going online plus we've already started to build a front end for an amm um the reason why we would want Jackal Swap isn't actually why uh, most people would think. It's obviously it's it's good to have an AMM for people to trade, and it's another revenue stream for the protocol. But the the actual main purpose of us having a swap function is us having liquidity pools in the chain means that we can get local prices for paywalls in front of data. And when I mean that, that means that you can have a marketplace for any file type which is interesting so anything you could sell on like a fiber like marketplace um anything you could uh you want to sell software and, and use that do something like that on jackal where it's protected behind a paywall for you to have local prices for how much that should cost and you don't want to use oracles which can sometimes be a cybersecurity vulnerability we need to have local prices for things so our amm is going to in the early days simply be an arbitration opportunity for uh, people to secure the price across um, different liquidity pools in Cosmos. But also, um, every pool that we have means we can take that token in payment. And that's really cool if you're a, a, a someone who wants to be an entrepreneur and sell files for, for different things, uh, you actually can do so with whatever token that is on the LP module, which is kind of cool. If you might want to ask a question, Haas, if that makes any sense. I know I'm rambling a little bit here. No, I mean, I totally understand it. I just, we have to get to the point where uh, for business to business, it's really simplistic where they can use fiat or, you know, stable coin. And there's going to be all kinds of different ways for, you know, someone on the other end in the future to, to get USDC or, or whatever. And then for them to be able to have like a subscription to different things like, uh, you know, data storage or whatnot, and for them to be able to use it without having to use it, if that makes any sense. And the only way you can do that is having that for them, you know, and you don't want to grab liquidity from other blockchains to make that happen. You would want it to be 
on your own blockchain uh, for security reasons. Not that it's not secure to do that, but it's more secure. And also it's probably faster, obviously, if it's on your own chain. And, um, you know, probably more, more on your side of like security too and front ending and stuff like that. And Yeah, well, imagine this. So imagine you're someone who likes to sell art and you want to sell art on a marketplace that's built on Jackal. And this is uh, something that would happen like way in the future because we're just getting the storage module online right now. So you're going to have to be patient with us. But in theory, you wanted to sell your art on Jackal, whether it's an NFT or it's just like a piece that you created or it's a song and you want to sell that. Um, We want you to be able to sell it with whatever token you you think is something you want to receive so right now we're planning on having liquidity pools for jackal uh, jackal usdc and also jackal to adam so this means that you if you want to sell something uh, natively on jackal chain without using an oracle you can do so um and the other thing is that for jackal storage which is kind of like one of the flagship products that we're producing you, we can take Atom, USDC, or Jackal token, and then we can buy back Jackal in the back end if we need to do so as well, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. It just wouldn't make sense to always have to like rely on other blockchains to grab like funds from, I guess. It, well, yeah, it, it's more the, the process of getting that data from the other blockchain is the issue, right? So it, we've seen if you go on Rect News, for example, that's kind of like one of those, um, those forums where they post like different cybersecurity threats in crypto. If, the or, if an oracle screws up, which is something that happens sometimes, um, that means that um, someone would would be able to purchase whatever you wanted on the Jackal chain at whatever price the Oracle deems is the proper price, even though it's incorrect at sometimes. So an example is, is if, if the Oracle borked completely and you said, I, I sell a piece of software on Jackal and it's, it's worth, uh, like I, wanna, I want $50 for it, there is a, a possibility that the Oracle can screw up and someone could get that for cents instead of dollars, for example. So... These things happen, so we want to be as secure as possible if we're going to be maintaining a marketplace. Yeah, so um, to get reset the room, too. Like, if anyone, if you have any particular questions, come, feel free to come up and ask. Uh, you can DM me as well, but it'd be nice to hear from someone else as well. So feel free to come up. Yeah, so um, what else you guys got going on? I mean, it looks like we're all, we're all sat here and looking forward now, so that's good. Yeah. Um, we have all kinds of stuff going on. Um, we're, we have all of our, all of our staffs working pretty much around the clock right now, trying to get our, our product shipped and we're super excited to get it shipped. Um, as soon as it is shipped, everyone can start onlining their storage providers, which we're super excited about. So it's another revenue stream, um, for people to mine stuff, which is awesome. But outside of that, uh, it's just kind of back to work for us, just like uh, it always has been. We're, we're excited to continue to ship our stuff and we're excited to have really, really great validators alongside us as well who have, who have been super supportive through this entire process, who have helped us uh, maintain m- maintain different modules or upgrade different modules, which is great. And uh, we're happy that everyone's so involved in the space. All right. Well, uh, while we're, we're at the storage provider information, let's touch on that a little bit. I know we did last AMA. So it will be the goal is to have it up and running by next month or the end of this month. Yeah, so we're going to have it on testnet um, probably within the next few weeks. 
And then once the validators are comfortable and the community sentiment is comfortable around it, uh, then what we're going to do is we're going to put a proposal on chain. If the proposal gets accepted, then it will be introduced into uh, mainnet. So that's kind of the process that we have so far. Um, we're going to be onlining a testnet soon, but I can kind of let Marcin uh, take it away from what the, the process is there to getting those things online. Yeah, Marcin, and then also let, let us nerd out a little bit. Like, how does it work? Like, I already have it all set up and ready to go. Um, why, why should it matter if I have the best internet ever or like the most storage? Like, how does it work to make it so it's fair, fair play for everyone? Um, I know we kind of touched on that before, but maybe let's go over that again. And then also, um, yeah, I mean, that, that would be a good, good starting point with that. For sure. Yeah. So as far as how we're going to get everything online, um, as Patrick said, we're going to be spinning up a test net uh, in the next few days. And then hopefully by the end of this week, we'll have the storage module at a point where it works without the type of testing that we would deem uh, good enough to be put on mainnet. Uh, just to get people able to go and go through the setup process to understand exactly how it's going to work. And then um, after that point, uh, once mainnet goes live, you kind of just repeat the process uh, after wiping all your configuration out from your original node, and then you'll just be rebooting it on test. I mean, on mainnet this time, as far as like what the providers look like and kind of why you need certain things and why you don't need other things, Essentially, a, a storage provider on Jackal is just a computer that has a lot of space to store files on. And uh, essentially, it just runs processes on those hard drives or solid state drives or whatever you have uh, to make sure that you're storing the files correctly. So currently, the way that the system's set up um, which is subject to governance proposals in the future is every five minutes for every file you're storing, your system will make a proof to show the system that it does indeed have the file that it's looking for. And these proofs are pretty small uh, thanks to a technology called uh, Merkle trees, which are super, super helpful, but essentially it scans your directory. Um, each file is split into a lot of different pieces. Those little pieces, a bunch of hashing math is done on them, puts them all back together to get this proof. It ships the proof off to the blockchain. And the blockchain can say, yeah, you know, they're, they are storing the file that we asked them to store. Or no, they're not. And if they're not, um, it gives you a little bit of a grace period. So after, I think it's three times, again, this is all subject to governance, uh, three times that you miss a proof, that file is kicked off your machine and uh, sent back out into the void for other providers to pick up. And uh, if you do successfully submit that proof, then those five minutes will pass. And from there, after the end of those five minutes, you're put into the pool with everyone else that has submitted a valid proof. And rewarded based on how much data you're actually storing. So if you're storing like 10% of the network, you'll get 10% of the block rewards for that five minute period. And essentially, you're going to want your processor to be quick. You want your RAM to be quick because it's going to be loading all of these files 
into a system where it's reading lots and lots of files over and over and over again. And you don't need like top of the line, you know, IBM banking machines to run this stuff. But you're also probably not going to get away with a Raspberry Pi. Um, the storage systems that you're going to be using uh, most likely is going to be hard drives. If you want to use SSDs, that's great. They'll probably last you longer um, because physical disks just wear out faster. And there'll definitely be speed improvements if you're storing tons and tons and tons of files across like a distributed network. But at the end of the day, some hard drives in whatever configuration you have them in, especially in the early days, is going to be helpful. Um, most likely, you're going to be limited by not only your network speed, but whoever is actually requesting the file's network speed. So having a hard drive running is, at the end of the day, probably going to be faster than whoever is requesting the file. And on top of that, compared to a normal system, you are usually going to be hit for that file about one third of the time that a user requests it because our files are split up. So your bandwidth is for sending and taking in those files externally is going to be a lot smaller than a normal machine would normally be. Um, so that frees up a lot of the bandwidth on your machine. The thing is you're going to be looking at those proofs being submitted every five minutes. So if you're reading two terabytes of a drive every five minutes, that's going to get quite intense. Um, so it's good to have those drives be a little bit quicker if possible. It's good to have a decent processor. It's good to have decent RAM. Um, yeah, we, we also have um, um, in our docs, you, you can also go and look at some sample builds that we built as well if someone's interested with that in the early days you could probably get away with like a uh, an, an old computer or gaming computer you might have laying around but um in 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 the future as as the the providing storage becomes more and more competitive you if you want to continue to provide storage you probably would have to reinvest into your machine moving forward which that's pretty much with anything yeah i mean that makes total sense well, i guess my question is, is how many different like, say there's one file in particular, and I'm running a storage, and I get that. How many other people get that? Just in case, like, something happened to my rig, and then that, that particular person that uh, put that storage on on the, on the chain or whatnot um, would be able to access it. So I don't know if that question made any sense, but, like, how many people would have um, the storage? Yeah, so every file split um, – sorry – it's not split. It's uh, it's duplicated across three machines. So if you get it, it's also going to be sent to two other machines. Um, this number was picked for plenty of reasons. A, for every single um, time we're storing a file, it's like storing an entire file again. So every time you're paying to store one terabyte, realistically, you're paying to store three terabytes because of that redundancy. And... Uh, but this gives us a really great opportunity for redundancy where if a file is on a provider that goes down, then after those three proofs is missed, which is only like 15 minutes max, um, you're going to be 
jailed. Well, not jailed, but that contract will be jailed and burned. And then it, that file will be put back out to the network and providers will scramble to grab it and download it from the other two machines. And at the end of whoever claims it first and downloads it, then they start submitting those proofs. And so maximum, it's about like 15 minutes that a provider is going to go down. So if you do, you know, have a system that does go down, rest assured that it's on two other machines at any given moment. And for the system to lose a file completely, all three machines would have to go down within 15 minutes of each other. And obviously, that's very, very unlikely, uh, especially as you can monitor all of the states of these machines on chain. And as time goes on, providers themselves will start improving upon our defaults. Um, all of these timings that we have set up are just what we've tested so far. But uh, I guarantee you, providers, the people running these machines that have that technical ability to look at our code and say, hey, I want to fix this. They can go in and adjust timings themselves and build better machines based on not only their specific rig, but also how we originally wrote the code. Nice. I, I and another question that was just popping up in my mind is like, say, I, the one rig that I have, I have twelve terabytes, and how long do you estimate like that would be good for? And also with cold storage and hot storage, if you wanted to touch on like, when does it become cold storage and you know, when is it technically still hot storage? So yeah, uh, technically the way that we've built our system for the early days, every single thing is hot storage. Um, we are planning to push an upgrade to the storage module to allow for cold storage. Um, but in the state that the chain would be in, especially really early, there won't be enough on the system to make hot or cold storage really matter. Um, so if you're putting something on for cold storage, it's going to be in that hot storage status. Um, as I say, later down the line, we will push an upgrade to fix that. But um, yeah, like you're asking 12 terabytes, how long will that last? Essentially, it will fill up as long as there is, like, let's assume you are one third of the entire network. Once somebody has stored 12 terabytes, once the network has 12 terabytes on it, because you are one third, you will fill up your machine. Um, so it's, it's all based on how many people are storing versus how many people are providing storage there's a good chance you won't fill up those 12 terabytes, but if the network gets super big um, and demand overloads supply, then yeah, you'll fill up pretty quick. Um, on top of that, that 12 terabytes will be good forever. Um, as long as somebody is paying for those terabytes to be stored, your provider will be receiving block rewards. Um, Later, if you do feel that, you know, there's so much storage on the system and the blocker wards are getting smaller and smaller because more providers are coming online and the supply and demand are both getting higher, then you can take those rewards and reinvest into more and more space so that you take up more space on the network and you keep that competitive edge. But it's really hard to estimate how long those types of things will stay around for, being that there is no real... <laughs> world experience we have seeing these storage providers come online yet and then this is off topic but but someone just dm'd me and said 
will RNS names be transferable and or tradable? Yeah. So um, as it stands right now, if you use the command line, um, if you have an RNS name, it's uh, it's good to go. You can you can buy and sell them. You can place bids. Um, you can list them on a marketplace. All that good stuff. You can transfer them to people if you want. Uh, the main thing is we don't have a finalized interface for it yet. Um, that is coming very shortly. That's going to be in our dashboard as well. Uh, essentially, it's going to feel like a normal NFT marketplace with with domain names. Um, since the move from Juno, we've also implemented subdomains. So you can have different types of records in your machine. Uh, that points to different things. So if you have like marston.rns or whatever, you can have app.marston.rns and point it to a different address or point it to an IP address for a real machine. And uh, a lot more is coming with RNS as we go forward. Um, the connecting it to a wallet is really just the, the first step. Um, and again, marketplace coming very, very soon. Yeah, it's 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 we're really excited for RNS and the ability for people to have human readable names when dealing with not only files but also tokens and cosmos. Um a lot of people have tried it. Um there hasn't been really a lot of success thus far. But what we're excited to do is is excite excited to give it both the functionality for tokens and the entire IBC, but also give it the functionality for sharing files, um, hosting websites from it if you have a www folder that you have a website hosting for a personal blog, which would be interesting. So we have a lot coming for RNS that we're super excited about. Yeah, I like RNS. I have a I have a few of them. Uh, I don't technically have a blog yet, but eventually when I get some more free time, I'd like to have stuff like that. And I see it more. I see it really useful too for businesses. Uh, they can have it for all kind of different uh, use cases. So I think RNS is just just starting in general in crypto. I know it's been around for a little bit, but like you were saying, it's kind of there's really it really wasn't too much to do with it. But I think it's important to be honest with you. Plus, it, no, who who the hell remembers all their uh, all their wallet addresses for different things? So it's kind of cool that you can have it all synced up with like your whole entire um wallet really yeah well at, at the end of the day the entire team is is and the reason why we were drawn to cosmos is because we want to produce really good products um and that's that's what we're all about is just building out different things that interoperate really nicely together and, and just create a great experience when it comes to data storage on on chain but also interoperability with other chains and um, it, it gets pretty crazy once we start talking about smart contracts having their own storage accounts as well, where we can create templates on Juno and Archway or Osmosis. Uh, they have smart contracts too. And just have people with the ability to have smart contracts, not just users that have storage accounts. And it gets pretty crazy pretty quick. So we're super, super excited to see where this can go. And shout out to Joseph. I just seen that he put uh, the builds in there a casual build and a do, do it yourself build so for anyone in there looking or if you listen to the recordings afterwards uh shout out to terror spaces in the comments you you can see um you know like I put, we put some comments in there and some do yourself builds and plus feel free to dm me because i um, went through doing it myself and i'm to the conclusion if i could figure out how to do this anyone could figure out how to do this and uh <laughs> I, I, I've been learning how to do do these things. It's kind of fun, so um, I'm I'm looking forward to it because 
I mean, I have, um, I built my wife a really good computer and unfortunately she barely gets to use it. So it's like, mom, might as well try to make some income with it. So I'm looking forward to it. No, that's, that's for sure. Well, at at the end of the day, it's pretty much just building a, a PC. I built my first one. I'm a Mac guy traditionally, but I built a storage provider to just see what it was like. So I have quite the machine sitting next to me right now. We're probably going to online it to the test net and use it for testing, which is super exciting. But if anyone has any other questions, I'd, I'd love to take them. Or if anyone wants to come up, that would be great. If not, um, we have some work to get back to as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, likewise, it just was nice to hear from you guys and see what's going on. And I know a lot of people were kind of like discouraged because of that happened. But you have to keep in mind for anyone listening that, you know, it's this is brand new technology. So things happen. I mean, I don't know if there's been any chain in crypto that hasn't had some sort of hiccup or, or a halt i mean if if they haven't then i'm sure it's going to happen because it's just the way tech is so you know you guys are doing a good job you're communicating your your points really well in my opinion and um you know i'm, I'm excited to to just keep plugging along and helping out and i'm really looking forward to the storage thing because it's kind of the first thing that i'm going to get to do i did run i did um mine some bitcoin a while back but this is kind of the first thing i'm going to be able to do in cosmos i think this is the first thing you really can do in cosmos the mine it is yeah there's no way you can mine in, in cosmos right yeah unless you have a validator um this is the only thing that you would be able to do um i'm not sure maybe dvpn a cache is another thing that you can do is, is you can use compute um but that's more of a marketplace between providers i'm trying to think of anything that you could um, I don't know too much about DVPN, but you might be able to use a VPN. But at the end of the day, this is this is probably one of the more in, intense things where you could you could pretty much mine cryptocurrency with your um, hard drive. We don't like the word mine because it, it it's kind of like proof of um, proof of work. But what you're pretty much doing is you're providing rental space for people to store their stuff in a completely secure and end-to-end encrypted environment. So only the end user with their private keys can access and store their data. And that's kind of what we're super excited about, where you have the ability to not only um, own your crypto and your NFTs, but you can actually own your files. And we think that's a very, very important primitive moving forward. Yeah, man, I'm excited because anything besides DeFi, you know, I get excited for anything in crypto, but more so for things that aren't just like financial applications, because data just keeps moving forward. It keeps expanding. It keeps growing. And it's going to be nice one day when, uh, everything's in crypto, I think so. And data is obviously the most essential point for that whole entire thing. So it's kind of cool to be early. Uh, it kind of, I guess we could just end it on that. I mean, that, that doesn't seem like there's any other questions, but I appreciate all your time, everyone, for stopping by and listening to us rant a little bit. And um, Donnie and Marston, keep grinding, man. Appreciate what you guys are doing. No, thank you so much, man. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, Marston, if you have anything else to say, but uh, we have some work to do. Thanks for having us, man. Anytime. Take care. Take care, everyone. Have a good day. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Jackal Protocol official chain launch in Cosmos AMA, hosted by Cosmos Haas, recorded on Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now with more Spark IBC. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. 
No one ever guessed that the game would be tough Keep it hands off when the play is a bust Playing old and just so we keep it on the one Blast off on the two, help me see the three Third eye open wide, checking out the scene Razor beam focused, star scream jokers Living off the fat of the people they approach Tell me what happens when the land fights back With the cliffs at our backs make the last stand matter No one ever planned for the famine on deck We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger Sitting in a little den vision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next bubble-bubillion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next bubble-bubillion Vision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next No one gave a shit Till the drugs all dried up Everybody died From a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter We was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal He just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime Till the night curfew Rats in a cage Till they make time to murk you Got a little job That falls under my purview We gotta get this mob Away from the birds view Gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop Ride off the work while you try on the worst juice Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth Slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis Mock up a basement could call me resilient Waiting for the internet to make me a b-b-b-billion Vision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Terrible spaces